This is episode nine of the Watson and Alex show. Today, we're going to be talking about how to deal with leave and taking time off and vacation and extended time away from work. And as a product manager, that can be really painful if not done correctly because of how many people in the business that you're working with. And so setting yourself up for success is, is pretty critical. And Watson over here, I know, has got some great tips for it. Do you want to take us away? I love this topic, mainly because, like we, we've probably said it before, product management isn't always on job. So it feels like it's almost impossible to take time off. Yet it's incredibly important. As someone who's been burnt out personally multiple times, I know, now I know what it feels like to be burnt out, but I know it comes from not taking time off is one of the main reasons. And I think you get trained as a product manager is a good one to be always on while you're working because you want to unlock people, but you've got to figure out a way, ways to, to separate that and set yourself up so that you can take time off. So yeah, it's a good topic because I think it's hard. Like it's, it's one of those things where like the, like the better the product manager gets, the almost harder it is for them to take time off. And then a couple of years later, they'll burn out. And, and that's a, that's an interesting point to make the better you get, the harder it is to take time off. And it, it's, it's almost that it's that piece. You want to be an integral part of the business. You want to be important enough to the business that they can't yeah. survive without you. Yeah. If you're bad, if you're bad at your time, job, it's, it's easy to take <laughs> off. <laughs> but yeah, if you're bad at your job, no one notices you're gone. And so as in the product roles, so often to be a good product manager, you do become integral. I think you become integral. And so that there's a balance there between being integral and making sure that they see your value and also being prepared. Part of what I think being a great PM and a great manager overall is we've talked about a lot how product managers manage through influence. You got to influence the organization to be prepared, to have legacy plans and to have a strong bench. When you yep. don't have a strong bench where you can pick up somebody and they can be like, hey, look, one person went down, you can cover this. You may not be as good as them yet. You will get there. Always training your replacement, I feel like, is, is, is actually a great sign of leadership. It's an interesting place to be, though, because you've got the opposite. As an individual contributor in a product world, you also don't want to show that you can train someone else to your job. And then when you're gone, they just decide to give it to them. It's scary. Exactly. Exactly. It's scary. It's, it's hard to balance. So as an IC product manager who is doing a good job, who's become integral to the team's success and you're unblocking constantly, we've all learned the hard way, Alex, like you may, you told me you had a horror story. So what, what might that be? What did, <laughs> what did it look like for you? You know me, Watson, I, I learned by doing, and I learned by screwing up. That's, that's, that's my best teacher is, is experience of, in failure. We had one of our lead engineers who was integral in an application that I had built with him. And it was, it was just me and him. We were put on a special project. The two of us built it together. I did the stakeholder management, got the requirements in, we worked together. He did a lot of the coding. We, and we also had a vendor that we used that, that did a lot of our, I would say, blue collar coding work for it uh, to get it up and running. And we were siloed when we built the application. And I tried my best to document what we had, but my expertise is not in technical code documentation. And there was a lot of data science elements to this app that at the time was that knowledge is not common. 
And what ended up happening was he got, he got poached. He got poached by another company who came in and said, Hey, we really want a strong data scientist paid him. I think almost double his salary. And, you know, he shows up one day. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be gone in a week. Didn't even do two weeks. He's like, I'm gone in a week. And he looked at me candidly and said, Alex, I don't think anybody in the company even understands what the app should be doing, let alone how it's coded. And I, and I sat there and it's so much pain. Like, so all the work that we've done so far, that's, that's, that might be it. That might be it for a long time. How do you, how do you take that feedback? And, and I, I asked for help right immediately. I was like, how, how do I move forward? And, and what would you do? And he said, honestly, I don't, he said, honestly, I don't know how you can be successful without them hiring someone else like me, ASAP. And that's, and that's what I ended up focusing on. I went to our leadership and I asked him to document as much as he could. So did they, but you can only do so much in a short period of time. And it was extremely painful. Oh, we went from having a consistent code release, consistent process. We were consistent feature improvement to zero, zero output for half a year. Devastating. I mean, how do you, that's like a single point of failure case. And that happens a lot in engineering, but what would you recommend to the pro? Like, how, how would you advise your pr previous uh, self to uh, catch that earlier? And my, what would you do? My previous it? self was, was a little bit younger and I, I wouldn't have tried to influence the engineering structure of the business. And I think that's, that's a, that was a key learning point for me is that if I don't pay attention to those single point of failure opportunities and I don't raise them early then my engineering team and leadership, if they're not conscious of it, they can't do anything to support me. And so when I identify now within either my stakeholders or my engineering team that I partner with who are critical to my success, my running back, my wide receiver, and, and I say, hey, look, I'm at risk of losing this number one running back. And the next one is going to fumble the ball repeatedly. RB2 is going to fumble the ball. I need a better RB2. Or... You set the expectation that if I lose RB1, we're going to lose all the games. We're going to lose all our productivity for, for a very long time. Are you okay with that? And part, part of that is managing up, managing expectation that if this does happen, you've documented that this could happen and it doesn't fall back on you. There's a little bit of CYA there, but there's also, I'd also say you hope that they try to make sure that person doesn't leave, that there's... There's even ways to do it with incentives, right? With monetary ones, you can give them bonuses to stay longer, golden handcuffs, all that fun jazz. But yeah, the advice I would say to my, my previous self is, is really simple. Ask for help, elevate the issue as a, as a strategic problem, not as an individual problem and, and, and elevate what the consequences are of that failure point and walk away from it for a bit and see how they see how they process it and go from there. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's like an engineering leadership problem, right? And so I think if it's a product manager, your job, or it, it could be designer, it could be whatever, but your your job is to escalate that. And if you can escalate it early and you have these single points of failures, then I think what you're describing is yeah, like, it's kind of, you get, at least give, make that, make it visible to that person. And maybe there's a solution in place already, or there's, a, there's at least a head start to solve the problem when it happens. And, and I've seen um, at other companies at times they, they panic, right? Cause they, they have deliverables that they've committed to the board and they have to deliver and they lost a key person. And there, there's a cascade of dependency with that key person's productivity and without, without it, they, they can't do it. And they go out and they spend four times that person's salary 
in co consultants to come figure it out. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think that's, uh, it's, it's just a, a short-sighted thinking. And I, I get it. If you're a finance person out there, you understand the difference between a CapEx expense and an OpEx expense and how it's amortized with, from a tax standpoint. Yes, CapEx expenses are easier to deal with and look better on the balance sheet, but not over time, not about the core business will fail if without that, you know, long-term consideration. So that's a good example of when someone on your team and how you can, how as a product manager, you can sort of see around corners. Yeah. What would you, what would you do? You've been, you've been through these situations arguably more than I have, and you've dealt with your burnout. Th this is an example of where I had to deal with someone else departing. What about prepping for your teams and making that, that ability that, Hey, if any one of us goes down, it's okay. Whether it's go down because I decided to leave, go down because I have paternity, go down because I get sick, whatever it is, how do you build that culture? What, what, what steps do you take to do that in from, from your standpoint? Yeah. I think it comes down to two. I've learned that it comes down to two things. One is, so a product manager can technically leave for some period of time and the team should be able to operate because if you've done your job successfully as they a product got a manager, yeah, there's a roadmap and there's, and there's, a, and there's a sense of ownership on the team about what they should be doing. So what I, one thing that you should focus on as a product manager is empowering your tech leads and your designers on your team of design leads to be owners of the problem. And if you do that, then not only will those people be able to lead the projects when you step out, but they'll even be able to lead iterations of the projects and they'll have a sense of what to do next. So you don't necessarily need, like if you've done a good job there, then you can step away as a product manager for two weeks and things should just work. Like you don't even need, even, you don't have to have had to write down the actual specific roadmap. All you have to do is make sure that the team leads know what the priorities are. And you should be able to walk away and have those things just execute kind of the way you want I, them to be executed. I, I like the um, idea that for me, you do quarterly planning. Yeah. You should have a really good idea of that next three months of core work most of the time. Yeah. Past that is tough to be clear, but it, it can get convoluted. You can have full year plans and all that, but really solid three months. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. So don't leave on your two week vacation right before quarterly planning. And then don't get the quarterly plan. That would actually cause problems to your team. So that's the thing you have to avoid. But if you're in the or, quarter. Or do, or do yeah. the quarterly planning early for them and, and leave it for them, yeah. right? Exactly. Now, that's one component of it. The second component, I think, is the unblocking piece that product managers always do. So yeah, sure. Obviously, if nothing else, if the world doesn't move and change, nothing and like the air stands still, then what you are set out to do is going to happen. Your team leads can execute that, but that's not how it works, right? We all, we both work in startups, but even in big companies, things change, stuff comes up. And so oftentimes as product managers, we're just kind of blocking and blocking and tackling and solving issues as they come up. And we're the sort of, yeah, we're the unblockers and chiefs of our team and they come to us to get unblocked. So the thing that is equally important in my mind is finding somebody to be your replacement. And that person ideally should be someone you're senior. Because that person has the decision authority is this is the decision rights to make those hard calls. So let me give an example. Like if you, if you were to leave for a few weeks and you find your peer product manager to be your replacement, or even someone on your team, like your, like your squad to be your replacement, that person may not feel like they have the ownership or the decision power to, to like make quick decisions when your team gets blocked by something or to make a tough call that like may piss off like a stakeholder. 
if you bring in your manager or someone your senior to be your your backup basically and to be the, the person that your team goes to if they're blocked, that person can actually unblock your team much faster. In, in some cases faster than you can. And so I think that F- works fi- really well. Finding uh, the right backup person is is I agree, critical. Yeah. Critical to the success. I oftentimes look for someone that has interest in my area to identify that person, or it's my caddy corner engineering manager or lead that I'm working with. And I ask them to cover for me, like, hey, you know the context, you know what's going on. You can probably cover this stuff in the next couple of weeks. If you call me, I'll answer and I'll help out with anything that you might not get, right? And most people yeah. are willing to do that, I think, in, in the environment. But again, as a product person, I find myself depending on non-product people to help me in those scenarios. Yeah. You kind of mentioned a good point too, which is the call mail, which I think it was worth mentioning. Obviously, when you when you go on a lead, you do not want to be checking Slack or email. Like that's a nightmare scenario because then you're getting, then you see all the problems and you're going to want to jump on those problems. You don't want to, you want to let your team solve those problems. I love what you said about like, call me because that's, that's a great, people do not want to call you and they will yeah, like call you. That's, that's a really true. Problem. Yeah. And that's fine. It's like, all you need to do is tell, tell your team, look, Here's the point of here's here's who's running each of these projects, the tech leader or the engineer, the designer who's involved. Here's my backup for all of the any decisions decisions that need to be unblocked. Here's my backup, and it's my manager or some or the engineering manager or somebody. If there's a problem that needs my attention before I'm back and is seriously blocking you and is as an impact in the business, just text me or just call me. It's okay. You can say it's okay. They they won't do it, but they will do it if it's a serious problem. And it's good to kind of have that comfort peace of mind as a product manager is leaving to know that, look, if I don't get a text, I can feel like things are okay. I don't have to worry about work. I can actually be present wherever I am. And if I get that text, I know it's urgent and I'm happy to help. That's a key part is make yourself available to the team when you're gone to prep for that, but don't make yourself too available. And I feel probably 20 years ago, they would call you unapologetically. Because it was yes. phone, phone call was the culture. Phone call was the way to, to, to communicate with people on the normal. And now it's, if you got to call someone, it's like, what's wrong with you? You didn't text me. And I actually set the boundary to phone call. I don't, I don't do texting. If, if I'm out, I'm like, look, if it's something you need help with, you're calling me. Otherwise that's it. <laughs> and that, yeah. and that I think creates that good barrier for me to at least keep my sanity and keep me away from it. And rarely do I feel like I, I, I've had the situation where I can't handle or give advice or give guidance in a phone call to get them through it. Yeah, phone call is great, actually, because it's just, it's not sitting there for you to worry about it. It's just, you just resolve it over the phone and you're done. Slack yeah, and noise. Exactly. I guess it's, I got it's, a single of, it's a yeah. single event. You stay on the phone till it's over. Now you're back to vacation mode. Yeah. Do you have any advice for product managers for like when they should try to take vacation, like how often or mm. how long? Or uh, this this topic is specifically near and dear to me because, as you guys have heard me say before, I am Greek. My family's from Greece. Both I, I'm a first generation born here, so my roots are in Europe, and Europe has a very different approach to this. Right? They Americans are hard workers. Right? We're sitting here talking about successfully taking time off. And Europeans would be saying something like, that's for the company to figure out I'm taking my time off. Yeah. That'd be it. That'd be the end. That'd be the end of the conversation. Be, I'm not responsible 
for this company being successful while I'm gone if they haven't put in the systems and paid for those things. And so in Greece, you are, you are given two weeks off consecutively by law every year. Every company knows that every employee that they have, they must be given two consecutive weeks, not, not 10 PTO days, two consecutive weeks every year they get off. That's in the law. Everyone gets that. And so the cultures there are built around, well, when I'm gone for two weeks, either everyone's okay with it shutting down and no one says anything because it's the law and everyone is entitled to it. And it's not something like, oh, he took two weeks and that guy doesn't care about us. No, everyone has to take two weeks. <laughs> it's a requirement, yeah. period. And so the culture is it's just different around that. I never have these conversations with my cousins and family there. They always look at me like, yeah, I took my two weeks. It was, it was great. And then I went back to work and that was fine. And oftentimes, many Greeks that aren't in the service industry take the same two weeks across the country, the first two weeks of August, typically. They like, if you're not in a service-based industry where you're doing restaurants and bars and hotels, oftentimes your office workers, those two weeks, the whole country shuts down. And it's so different. Than yeah, here. It's, it's, it's just, just so, so different. And so how do you be successful? By making it normal. By making it normal. And it should be normal, right? I'm a firm believer that to, to have the team successful in the longevity, it should be normal to take time with your family. It should be normal to take time with your kids. It should be normal to take time for yourself. Mental health days are part of it. Take a whole week and staycation if you need to, and that's okay. You're not, and, and you're not even have to tell me, hey, I'm taking a week off. You know, it shouldn't be this whole, oh, I'm going to go do this and do these things and blah, blah, blah. It, it's, I took a week for myself and I'm going to go have fun at home or I'm going to go hiking or whatever it might be. And, you know, no judgment. Some people want to just stay home and play a video game. I'm telling you, there are some video games out there when they come out, I take a day or two off because I just want to shut down and enjoy that experience because that's important to me. And it does. It only happens once every two or three years. God of War specifically, that franchise, the last two games, the last two games of that. So that's know. where you were last year when you, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you said you were sick. Yeah. You know, I took, I took two days and I played God of War for two days straight and I loved it. And it was, and I'm unapologetic about it because it, it's one of the great joys of my life to, when you find something so engaging. So oh, that, that's my approach to it is it just has to be normal. And if, if it's not normal in the culture then there's, there's a problem with the culture and that needs to be addressed at a leadership level. So, it's so funny. It's just a good point. I mean, we wouldn't even, if we were in Europe, we probably wouldn't even be having this podcast. It's just this topic is irrelevant. So it's just, but here in America, we feel responsible. So I think it is important people in America to hear this because it's important to know that you can, you have that right. Companies do give you PTO. Even the flexible PTO policies are meant to give you PTO. So Well, not to get political on it, but in Europe, it was governed into law to force behaviors that are better for the mental health of the countries overall and better for the populace overall, not to get into economics and stuff, but the birthing rates across the world, especially in the United States and the high working areas are, are low. And part of that is because we're high stress. We don't engage in joy in life as much. And a lot of people struggle to find those things. And part of it is the culture of must be working. And if you're not working, you're, you don't have an identity. Well, I hope people aren't listening to this podcast while they're working. Hopefully this is their enjoyment <laughs> time. 
and they're drinking scotch <laughs> if, or something. Hey, if you're at work right now, just do me a quick favor. If you're not in a meeting, get up off your desk or get up out of your home office and go for a walk around the block because that's a break. I mean, that, that's part of it. Prioritizing those things. Those are, those are mini vacations you can call, but yeah, I, I, the, old, I, the old cigarette break. It's actually, that's so true. Back in the day, so many people were entitled to so many more breaks for cigarettes yeah. and things like that, that we don't do anymore. And then they're, they're lunchtime, big lunches with their cocktails. We don't do any of that stuff anymore. We eat, we eat lunch at, our, at home in front of our computers. <laughs> That's so um, true. All right. We're, we're basically at time, Alex, but any last points you wanted to bring up before I close this up? There's an element here of shame and a lot of company cultures, I won't say all, but many have an element of shame as to taking time for yourself and for your family and wanting that time and shame in terms of hurting the business. And what I want to leave everybody with is this one. Be proactive. Though, if you know something's going to happen, be proactive about it. Prepare your leadership. Prepare the team around you. Work with your partners. However, don't be apologetic about taking the time. I would never apologize about it. I wouldn't feel bad about it, and I wouldn't let anybody shame me for it. And so just focus on those things. And I would say if someone in the company is trying to do that, to say, hey, that's not really appropriate to take that time here. I would say you might not be in the right place or that might be the wrong person to be around at the company. Yep. I love that. And just basically quickly add and say the other thing you can do to make sure you don't feel responsible or don't feel guilty about it is just bring your manager in and help them help them be the unblocker while you're gone. They'll help your team get unblocked quickly. And it's their responsibility too, because yeah, it's true. you're you're in a team. So I think I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. PTO, leave, taking breaks, old cigarette breaks. They're all really important. Give yourself some space. Maybe that's our title um, for this episode. What happened to cigarette breaks? Yeah, uh, that's actually a separate, that'd be a great separate <laughs> small topic. I think there is another topic about how you manage your days as a product manager because it can be grueling. That'd that's be that's cool. fair. That's fair. I think um, that kind of goes along our inspiration theme. Definitely. So, uh, and with that, I'll, I'll leave it. Thanks everybody for tuning in. If you have thoughts about other topics, please leave your comments or just reach out to Alex or me. And until next time, I'll see y'all later.